Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game, halfway home on the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Tuesday evening. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. We've got a special National Signing Day show. Uh, Sam Crenshaw, Chris Parker, myself, Chris Goforth. So we've got you till 9.30. Yeah, 9.30. Uh, We'll lead you up to Hawks pregame action. Hawks are in Phoenix, so we'll lead you up to Hawks pregame action uh, tomorrow night with a, a special National Signing Day show. I guess it's the second National Signing Day, right? Because you had the early signing day, and now it's this is the official this is the official National Signing Day. But everybody signed up early. But anyway, four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Honestly, absolutely catch us on the go. Social media is at nine ten on the game at JMCH three one six at underscore. Dylan Matthews. 20 minutes from right now, we'll get into a um, uh, That's Life. So, you know, Stetson Bennett over the weekend, you know, he was in Dallas. He was arrested for public intoxication. Wasn't driving. He was knocking on some doors. You know, wasn't driving. He wasn't operating machinery or a vehicle or anything like that. Can I tell you, like, they're Let's see. There could have been a minimum of 3,491 times in Buckhead I could have gotten arrested for public intoxication. Okay? Like, there there, there were a lifetime of, of days, nights, things that I could have gotten arrested for public intoxication down in Buckhead. Buckhead, Midtown, Sandy Springs. Um, Dunwoody, uh, we can go on and on and on downtown Atlanta, you know, so I, I could have gotten arrested for that very same thing over and over again, but you know, Stetson Bennett wasn't going to the senior bowl and he was, he's going to get ready for the draft and all that. And he'll, you know, he'll most likely he'll do his pro day at Georgia, you know, and, and he'll be in that environment, but Stetson Bennett's resume and his tape says everything that you need to know. I mean, could he have benefited by being in the Senior Bowl? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. You know, it's good for some guys. It's it's bad for other guys. 
just like throwing at the combine. It works out for some guys. It doesn't work for other guys. So Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl now, he's a former NFL scout and all that kind of stuff. He had a uh, – I guess he had a press conference uh, the other day, and he uh, said that Stetson had a chance to prove he could be a good backup quarterback. Uh, but, yeah, I was working through it with Stetson's people, and uh, I thought this game made a ton of sense for him. It, what he did in Athens was incredible. Um, but, you know, Stetson Bennett, with his chip on his shoulder, is a different quarterback than he's going to want to be in the NFL. Like, the NFL wants a backup that's dependable, stable, reliable, supportive of the starter, you know, low ego. Okay. So... What what gives you the impression that he can't be that in the NFL? And if I'm <laughs> and by the way, if I'm Stetson Bennett, um, you know what I'm saying to Jim Nagy? Hey, I'm gonna go out and get drafted in the NFL and compete for a starting job. Like, why is it automatic that Stetson has to be a backup quarterback? Why is it automatic that that he has to be a backup quarterback? That was a little, I mean, you know, Jim Nagy's talking about, oh, you know, he could have been. Why would he try to go for a backup job? Why would he go for a backup? He's a football player. He wants to play in the NFL. He'd probably want to start in the NFL. And you know what? When everybody said he couldn't start at the University of Georgia, he overcame all of that and won two national titles. Here's one more from Jim Nagy talking about if Stetson came to Mobile, he could have uh, he wouldn't have gotten into trouble. Uh, he had an opportunity to come here and be on a team with Moop Getze, who's the offensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, on a team that you know has a, a murky backup quarterback situation, and he could have you know he could have really helped himself down here, and he chose not to. And I I hate to see what happened. You know I, I hate to, I hate to see what happened. Uh, my phone was lighting up the other day, and, and obviously he's not in a great place because that stuff doesn't happen if you are. Um, you shouldn't opt out of the senior bowl and then have that happen like the day of arrival. If he just comes to Mobile, then he doesn't get in that trouble. Okay. So he could have gone with Luke Getze and been coached by him because the Bears have a murky quarterback situation. Now, okay, first off, they have a murky starting quarterback situation. Okay. How many years has Justin Fields been in the NFL? Dylon, how many years has Justin Fields been in the NFL? This was his second year. Okay. So, they're going to have a a quarterback going into his third year with a rookie backup. Ask me who the four backup quarterbacks for Justin Fields have been. Who have they been? It's been Andy Dalton, Trevor Simeon, Nathan Peterman, and who's the other one that I am missing? Uh, hold, please. Um, Trevor Simeon, Andy Dalton, Nathan Peterman, and uh, oh gosh, let's see here. Who's the other guy? And uh, Nick Foles. Okay. Are any of those second or first year guys? They are not. Okay. They're all washed up, over-the-hill veteran quarterbacks, right? Yes. Okay. Why is that? 
Because they have their guy. No. Or because when you have a young quarterback, you always go for the old grizzle veteran. Right. The long-term guy who's probably not pushing your quarterback, but he can be a dependable backup or not. But all of those guys, those four guys, have been in the league several years. And they're not going to push Justin Fields, but if you fall off a cliff, you have somebody that you feel feel is competent. We had Matt Schaub for all those years when Matt was a youngster. Then when you get to be a veteran, then you can take the Kirk Benkerts, right? But you're not going to go into an NFL season with a third-year guy and a rookie. Unless you're going to put those put that guy on your practice squad. And I can assure you, Stetson Bennett ain't thinking about just making a practice squad. With all due respect to Jake Fromm, I sat 20 inches from Stetson Bennett. I talked to him, interviewed him, talked to him off air. He's a different cat. Guys like him think they can start. Maybe he can start. Maybe he can't start. Maybe he'll be a bum. Maybe he won't be a bum. But that's not the way the mindset of Stetson Bennett works. And for Jim Nagy to just sit there, oh, well, he could have been a backup or he could have been. No, he wouldn't have been. First off, he's not thinking about being a backup quarterback. Jim, Jimbo, Chooch. He's not thinking about that. I can promise you, haven't talked to him. He's not thinking about that. I was waiting for you to say, booby. Yeah, booby. He's not thinking about that. And second of all, why would the Bears have interest in their two quarterbacks would be a third-year guy and a rookie? Who does that in the NFL? Maybe the worst franchise in the league, which the Bears are, Maybe the worst, maybe the worst team in the NFC conference, which the Bears are, maybe they do that. But Jimbo, Jim Bob, Booby, they ain't thinking that way. That's why they've had Nathan Peterman, Andy Dalton, Trevor Simeon. That's why and, and Nick Foles. That's why they've had those guys. Old veteran backup quarterbacks that are just competent enough that can be leaders in practice or everything else. Because you want a mentor for your, you know, starter that's going into his third year and he hasn't started a whole crap ton of games. Again, Trevor Simeon has more starts in the NFL than Justin Fields does. So, with all due respect to Jim Nagy, okay, learn your audience. He wasn't going to go. The reason he wasn't going to go, because he he wasn't going to go down there and not get himself. He he was going to do it his way. That's how Stetson is. Jimbo. Jimmy. That's the way he's hardwired.
when everybody says that he can't do it, he goes out and does it. And if your sales pitch, Jimmy, Jimbo, Jim Bob, was, hey, come down here and work with the Bears, and maybe, you know, you can be a backup. That ain't the way he's hardwired and thinking. Everybody told him at the University of Georgia that there's no chance that you can be the starting quarterback for even a national championship team, let alone two national championship teams. That's not the way he's thinking. And I don't and I don't have a problem. Again, the public drunkenness, guess what? 25, 29-year-olds, guess what we do? We go out drunk in public because he's legal to drink. It'd be one thing if he was 20. It'd be one thing if he was driving around. And guess what? And, and they're making it sound like that, oh, well, you know, he's going to have hard labor. He'll pay a fine. He'll go to court. He'll pay a fine, and it'll be done. That's all it'll be. Done. He could have gotten arrested for jaywalking for about the same thing. But old Jimbo, Jim Bob, Jimster, Booby, he's convinced he could be a backup. Guess what? He ain't thinking that way. I don't know Stetson well. I know when I talked to him and spent a couple of minutes with him, he ain't hardwired like that. He ain't thinking about being a backup quarterback. He's not thinking about just, you know, I can work with the Bears. That's the worst organization in in the NFL. Gee, they're so successful. They were 3-14 and 14 with Justin Fields at quarterback, who they ran into the ground. That sounds like a good plan. Go get coached up by the Bears. That whole staff should be fired. They shouldn't even be allowed in Mobile. They're gonna. They're more like. They're more likely to ruin somebody's career than they are to make it better. Their whole freaking coaching staff. It's more likely that they will ruin somebody than they will actually coach somebody up. So. I don't I I got no issue with the way Stetson's handled this. I have more of an issue with what Jim Nagy thinks. And and his fakakta opinion of what it all is. And again, Stetson may fail, he may be a success. He may be a bum, he may be a Super Bowl champion. But I promise you that he ain't thinking that way. He didn't just go win two national titles in the SEC for the University of Georgia, play Alabama, Michigan, and Ohio State on his way to two national titles just to be told that maybe he can be a backup, maybe he can get coached up by the worst organization in professional football. Gee, I wonder why he didn't respond to all of that. Gee, I wonder why... He didn't embrace all of that. Gee, I wonder why he didn't wrap his arms around Jim Nagy and say, wow, that sounds really good. 
you freaking moron. <laughs> That's live coming back. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, Nights on the Game, Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. 921 live in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site catches on the go. Social media is at 910 on the game. At JMCH316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Remember, we got Rankham coming up in an hour and 20 minutes from right now. So get your listen. Dylan, have you seen this um, lawsuit about fireball whiskey that people I have not. are people are cl- so the the little mini bottles of fireball uh-huh they, they're saying whiskey but fireball cinnamon um, that are basically sold for a buck or two or things like that yeah they don't have any whiskey in them okay oh. so. The, there was a class action lawsuit filed by a woman in Illinois, um, and they're basically like a sh- uh, like a shot, right? Just like a real mini bottle, yeah, right. just a quick shot or whatever like that, right? Okay? But they're saying that they're not, they don't have any whiskey or anything in them. Well, so to counter the lawsuit, the people that make the fire fireball cinnamon, they say that the labels are almost identical, and the mistake that customers make is. That whiskey is a distilled spirit, while a malt beverage is a drink based on fermentation in which flavors and colors are later added. Using the words with natural whiskey and other flavors, they say is a clever turn phrase because customers who strain to read this will not know what natural whiskey is or other flavors Um, That they say, but they say that what the label means to say is the product contains natural whiskey flavors and other flavors, but by not including the word flavors after natural whiskey, purchases who purchasers who look closely will expect the distilled spirits 
of whiskey was added as a separate agreement. So, again, this is a lot of mumbo-jumbo. But they say, right. <laughs> they say it's a malt beverage with natural whiskey and other flavors, caramel color, and everything else. And they say, you know, um, they say sales of their malt beverages, which include hard seltzers, are not as tightly regula- regulated as sales of distilled spirits. So it is a real technicality that they're going to get off on on all of this thing. So why was the lady suing in the first place? Like, what's the big deal? Because she didn't think it she didn't. She said there wasn't whiskey in it, and it probably didn't get her drunk. I was about to say, why does she care if there's whiskey in it or not? <laughs> I, I, you know, again, because everybody's a nimrod. That's why. That's just Every, dumb. Everybody is completely off their rocker nowadays. Like, you have that much time on your hands and that yes, much disposable income to just people sue? Do this, people do this stuff all the time of phony law, right? The The, you know, look, they had the lawsuit where the person spilled McDonald's coffee on them and they sued. Because of their stupidity, and they said their coffee was too hot, that, you know, don't you remember that famous lawsuit? Uh, no. Well, I, no. I, I should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I do not, yeah. unfortunately. It, if it didn't happen in the last six months, yeah. I, you know, so, <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. A uh, couple of other uh, auctions uh, here. So how's this for a profit turn, okay? So a 1953 Topps Whitey Ford baseball card, okay? Whitey Ford was a Hall of Fame pitcher for the New York Yankees. Left-handed pitcher. He was called the chairman of the board, was his nickname, okay? But he was a great left-handed pitcher. I think he still has the most wins in World Series history, but he was a great pitcher in the 50s and 60s for the New York Yankees, and he was a Hall of Famer, okay? So a 1953 Topps uh, Whitey Ford baseball card in 2018, came up for auction for $18,000. It sold for $18,000. A PSA Mint 9. So this was graded a PSA Mint 9, and it sold for $18,000. Fast forward to today, over the weekend, a PSA Mint 9 Whitey Ford card sold for $87,000. So how much is that? That's almost five times in value that it's gone up in five years. Goodness. Five times its value in five years. How crazy is that? We got to get our hands on some of these mint baseball cards, Chuck. And then a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card. Remember we talked about the one that was a mint 10? Yeah. You know, and it sold for $10 million, or a mint 9 sold for $10 million? Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so this one is a good condition card. It's a it's a 2, okay? It's graded out as a, as a 2 okay. in good condition. Yeah. So compare that to the 9 that, you know, a mint card is, right? Right. But it's autographed by Mickey Mantle. It's got a – it's – they took the baseball card and he signed in ink pen, blue ink pen, his autograph on the front of it. Ooh, now, okay. normally, 
that would make the value of the card next to nothing. Because really? It's, it, well, it's because it's defacing the card. Technically, it's defacing the card, right? Okay. However, because it's got Mickey Mantle's autograph on it, it it had the biggest Mickey Mantle autograph sale in history. $288,000. Jeez. It still brought in almost 300000 for an autographed baseball card of Mickey Mantle on the 1952 Tops. It really does amaze me every time how lucrative this baseball yes. card industry yes. is. It's crazy. I mean, it it really is crazy. People are out here spending stupid money for these cards. I mean, almost 300 In all honesty, you can get something autographed by Mickey Mantle, okay? For probably $1,500, $2,000 if you just want his autograph. Now, this is unique because it's on a 52 Tops card and all that. Right. But still, if you just want Mickey Mantle's autograph, that's probably $1,500, $2,000, maybe at most. This thing sold for almost $300,000. Goodness. It's ridiculous. It, it, it really is. is. I mean, it's just stupid money that's out there. All right, happy birthday today to Jackie Robinson, um, Ernie Banks, Nolan Ryan, some pretty good baseball players. Um, also, Suzanne Plachette. Do you remember her from the Bob Newhart show? The what? The Bob, yes, the Bob Newhart exactly. show? Yep, exactly. The Bob uh, Huggins that, show? That, that's what I wanted to test you on. How about, do you know who Harry Wayne Casey is? I know who Harry Potter is. Okay. Harry Wayne Casey is the founder of Casey and the Sunshine Band. Do, oh, okay. Do you know who do you know who Casey and the Sunshine Band is? Yeah, I don't really I couldn't name you a song. I'm sure I've heard a song, but I couldn't like name you a song on top of my head. But yes, I, I have heard of it. How about can you name one song from l- let me see if you can. Don't look it up on Google. I one won't. one song from Casey and the Sunshine Band. Um uh, I'm gonna go with. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. How know. about how about get down tonight? Oh, okay. How about that's the way? Uh huh. Uh huh. I like it. Oh, okay. That's Casey in the Sunshine. How okay. about shake, 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 shake your booty? Wow. How See, about, yeah, I know these songs. I just didn't know who it was by. Yes. There's a lot of that. Yes. Which doesn't surprise me. Uh, and it's Justin Timberlake's birthday today. So tonight's top ten list. Your top 10 favorite male pop singers of all time. Dylan, the floor is yours. All right, Chuck. This is, uh, I like this I like this list I've put together tonight. So, at number 10, I'm going to go with Sean Mendez. He's fairly new in the game, but he's he's made his he's made himself and he's had a pretty good career in his young uh I like pop singing career. I like Sean Mendez. He wasn't on my list, but I do like Sean Mendez though. Makes some good music. Uh mm-hmm. I do hate the fact that he uh him and uh Camille Cabello split, split yep. up, you know. Yep. Feel like he fumbled the bag a little bit there, but you know, to each his own. Number 9, I have Ed Sheeran. He's had a nice uh, long career. He's had some Put out some really good hits, so I like Ed Sheeran on my list. I like his more recent stuff, 
shivers, really? bad um, bad habits, shivers, overpass graffiti. You like Shape of You? Um, no. You I don't, don't like see, that I don't, song? See, I don't like, see, that kind of stuff I don't like from him. Huh. But I do like, again, like the most recent stuff, uh-huh. like Shivers, Bad Habits, um, Overpass Graffiti. I do like those songs from him. Okay. It's a little bit more poppy for me. Yeah. So, it's not so folksy. Yeah. I that I, I respect that. I can get that. I get that standpoint. Um, so and, and I also want to hit him with a folding chair right in his face. Why? Then, it's because he's got a bad foch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So at number eight, I have Harry Styles. I've got Harry Styles on my list. I mean, he's he's really just killing the game right now. I he's mean, probably that, the most popular pop singer in the game right now. I, I mean, if if it wasn't Taylor Swift, Midnight's Harry's House was the album of the year last exactly. year. I mean, that came out in early May. I mean, that had to be the song. As I mean, as it was, was probably the number one song. I don't. I haven't right. looked up the Billboard charts, but it's probably got to be the number one song because it spent like multiple months at number one. Mm-hmm. So I got Hairstyles number eight. And number seven, I got Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, he's been, he's kept relevant yeah. over this past, what, decade he's, or whatever it's he's been? He's a very talented artist. Super very talented. talented. Yes. Yeah, and then him and um, uh, Anderson Pack now formed that group. Um, too. Oh, Soul. Um, I forget what it's called. Oh, Soul man. something. Yes. But that was a really good album. Yeah, that they, they that put out. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, at number six, I have Adam Levine. You know him. He's he's been around for a long time, and I, I want to hit him with a folding chair too. What's wrong with Adam Levine? He doesn't have a good foch. <laughs> good foch. Okay. So at number at number five, I have Justin Timberlake as well. Obviously, Justin Timberlake is one of the goats, and mm-hmm. even though he's not making a whole bunch of music right now, I mean, he's got. Yeah, he's too busy, you know, hanging out with his wife, uh, Jessica Biel, you know. (laughs) Him and Jessica Biel are just living Mm -hmm. their best lives. Number four. He's from Memphis, by the way, too. He's He's from Memphis? Yes, he's from Memphis. He's he's from Memphis. He's a a very, very minority owner in the Grizzlies. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. All right. And number four, he's poppy, but, like, also R&B at the same time. He's kind of like pop R&B. Actually, these next two dudes I'm about to name are. Um, but at number four, I have John Legend. Okay. He's not super poppy, but he, he does have some pop stuff. I want to punch him. Why? Because that girl he's married to. Chrissy I just, Teigen? I can't stand either one of them. I like Chrissy Teigen. She can't stand her. She does say some annoying stuff at times, but yeah. I think all in all, all Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> I think she's cool all in all. At number three, I'm going to have punch him. <laughs> Don't take it out on John Legend. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to pay the price. He's got to pay the price. At number three, I have Orn Romain. I mean, the weekend. Yes, I've got I've got the weekend on there as well. I've got Orn on there as well. So uh, the weekend. Do, do you know that that song "Blinding Lights" is the number one song of all time? Like it, it's, it's really the, it's on the Billboard chart. It's the number one single in music history. Wow, I did not know yes. that. That's crazy. That's awesome. All right. So at, uh, I, I like some of his older stuff though, like "Can't Feel My Face" and yeah. all that kind of. Stuff. Like, I like more of that stuff right. than some of the stuff that he's done here of late. Yeah. I mean, I like I like uh, Save Your Tears and stuff like that, but yeah. some of the other stuff, I don't like it as much. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that. You know who, uh, real quick, you know who founded The Weeknd? You know who found The Weeknd? Drake. DR, oh, really? DR Rizzi. DR Rizzi. All yeah, right. Yeah, he, he's, he found The Weeknd because they're both from Silk Canada. Sonic, yes, our buddy Jonathan. Silk Sonic. Yes, yes. Silk Sonic, yes. All right. And number two. I could go for a Sonic cheeseburger right now. I could anyway. go for a Sonic milkshake too yeah. right now. I feel you. All right, and number two, I, I got. Can't eat any sugar. 
I feel you. At number two, I also have another Canadian. (laughs) I have another fellow Canadian, Justin Bieber, at number two. Yeah, I want to fight him. Why do you want to fight all these pop singers? Because they just they need a (laughs) beatdown. Some of these guys need a serious beatdown. Why does Justin Bieber? I feel like Justin, Justin Bieber has Bieber, wasn't matured. He, wasn't he arrested like a couple of years ago for egging somebody's house and all that stuff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I remember that. Like, yeah, yeah, dis- yeah. Like it, it was called like destruction of property. But I mean, he was right. he was like egging somebody's house. Yeah, I want to fight him. I feel like he's matured. Yeah, well, he's ma- he's matured enough for a fist to the face. And at number one, I got to go with the king of pop. I have none other than Michael Jackson. All right, so I've got uh, I've got Justin Timberlake as well. I obviously have Michael Jackson. I've got Prince on my list. I've got Harry Styles on my list. I've got The Weeknd uh, as well. Um, some other ones that maybe straddle the line. Uh, George Michael, uh, he's okay. a pop star on yeah. my list. Um, Phil Collins. Oh, yeah. I know he's got some rock and roll, but, you know, I, I think of Phil mostly even as when he was with Genesis. Play Easy a Lover a lot. Yes. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, got, that got song. Yeah. On here. Um, this one may be controversial. Lionel Richie. But I, I think, I think of, he's pop. I, I think he's a lot more pop, and especially yeah. in his solo career. I agree with that. Um, Elton John and Billy Joel. Rocket Man. Yeah, I don't really think of them as rock. I mean, I wanted to put Paul McCartney on the list, but I don't. He's. He's a rock and roll guy. I mean, he's a bass player. He was in a band. The, do you know the band that Paul McCartney was in? Uh, he wasn't in. Was he in Rolling Stones? Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> no, no, that's not okay. Josh Alper is going to join us up <laughs> next. We'll talk some NFL with him. Chuck Reed in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Flat on my face, I pick myself up and get. Back in the race, that's life. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela. The mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We've heard so much about you. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Tuesday evening. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show, the Odyssey app, how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 92 on the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMSH316 on Twitter. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. We'll talk to our buddy Pat Benson coming up here at 820. Super Bowl set happens in a couple of weeks. A lot of uh, news and notes around the NFL. A couple of coaching hires today. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Josh Alper. He is a uh, NFL writer for ProFootballTalk.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh Alper. And, you know, Josh, we don't always get this, but I really do feel like the two best teams in the NFL are playing in the Super Bowl. And I don't know what the record is, but those two teams were 28-6 and during the regular season. I I don't think there's much doubt that we got the two best teams in, in all of the NFL 
in the Super Bowl this year. No, I think you're right. And I think it, it's, it's been a while since both number one seeds have made it through. And I think it was, just, it was such an interesting weekend because it was the two teams that had been the best over the long run against the two hottest teams in the league. So it was really, uh, you know, an interesting, interesting pair of matchups. And, you know, I, I wish that Eagles 49ers game didn't have the quarterback injury because I would have loved to see that play out uh, with everybody all hands on deck. But I think you're right. I think the two teams that were the best from week one to, to last weekend are the two teams that advanced to the Super Bowl. You know, Josh, the referees, the NFL referees took a lot of abuse and, you know, things like that with the in the Cincinnati-Kansas City game. Is there going to be any fallout from all of this? I mean, you know, we've seen, you know, 9,000 proposals and they want to change rules and just is there really any going to be any fallout from what happened on Sunday in that game? I don't think there's going to be much. I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that big moment where they, they basically, re, you know, replayed a down um, is a, uh, it's a rare occurrence. And there was really no, no way. Once the referee had misspoke at the, the start of play, there wasn't much to do about that. And look, there's no appetite for replay for penalty flags. There just isn't. I think you will see an expansion of the, you know, expedited replay reviews to try and avoid what happened in the, the San Francisco Philadelphia game with the Devonte Smith catch. And even with the fumble on the Brock Purdy sack uh, by Hassan Reddick, where, where the Eagles had to challenge to get that. I think those are pretty clear and obvious plays that need to get overturned more quickly and more efficiently. I think you'll see things move in that direction, but I, I don't think you're going to see some fundamental change in the way officiating happens. NFL writer for ProFootballTalk.com, Josh Alper, joining us here on the WaitFord.com hotline. Any surprise that Sean Payton got back into the, the coaching game? I mean, you know, I, I just feel like that it just it didn't end the way that he wanted it. And, you know, I, I just always thought that it was going to be, you know, a year or so that he – would sit out, but, you know, even with having to give up draft picks and things like that, somebody was going to come calling for him because I still think he's one of the better play callers in all the NFL. Yeah, I think the only surprise I had would, would be that, that Den, you know, going all in with Denver and Russell Wilson at this point, um, maybe he feels that if things don't get fixed, he'll have enough rope to make another move in, in 2024 and, and go with a different quarterback. Uh, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I do have a feeling that, that a few coaches were hoping that something would happen with the Chargers in order to have a chance to coach Justin Herbert. I, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised that, that Sean Payton would be eager to, to, you know, take on the, the task of fixing Russell Wilson unless he really feels that it's going to be a pretty simple task. I, I don't believe it will be, but I I think that's the only part that's surprising to me. He was pretty open all along that he was getting back into coaching sooner rather than later. Josh, let's uh, let's ask you a Falcons question. How close do you see the Falcons being a playoff team? And, you know, again, the division and everything was a mess or whatever like that, but how close do you see them, and especially with the second most cap space being able to spend – excuse me, the number eight pick in the draft among others. How, how much do you, or how close do you think that they can be to being a playoff team 
come next season? Look, I, I think they would have had a really good chance of winning that division this year if they had gotten better quarterback play. I think that's really what it's going to come down to for the Falcons going into next season. If if their quarterback position clearly looks better than it did with, with Marcus Mariota and, and Desmond Ritter this year, if you have a, a upgrade on Mariota and, and, you know, continued belief that Ritter can be a guy who – who can be a quarterback for you down the line. And, and if he wins a competition against a established vet, so be it. Um, but I don't think either one should take you out of the running for a, a draft pick. If you really love somebody and your evaluation tells you that that quarterback's going to be a, a big star, they need to get that position settled. Once they get that settled, I think a lot of other pieces will fall into place or, or are in place. I, I you know, I, I like the, London and Pitt, I, I still think Pitts is a player capable of much more. I think he was hurt more than anyone by the quarterback issues this year. They show they can run the ball. They have a nice depth of that, and, and they've started working on the defense, and I think they've made two good hires on the defensive side of the ball in terms of Ryan Nielsen and Jerry Gray in, in terms of really in implementing a a scheme that, that can work and can build on what you know, what they've done to this point. I think there's a lot to like about the direction they're going, but until there's a quarterback, you can't really say this is a playoff team. Josh Alper from ProFootballTalk.com, joining us on the WaitFord.com hotline. Let me ask you about quarterbacks because, you know, I don't know, whatever, three, four years ago, you know, the, the chatter was what will the league look like when Brady, Breeze, Manning, um, you know, Rodgers and Roethlisberger and all of those guys are gone that are probably all going to the Hall of Fame when all is said and done. You know, what would the quarterbacks of today look like? And it seems like when you talk about, you know, Burrow and Mahomes and, you know, Jalen Hurts and, you know, Josh Allen, it seems like that the quarterbacks of today are in pretty good shape and and they're having a lot of success even early on in their NFL careers. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the case. I, I, I think, you know, Jalen Hurts is a guy who was looking like a late round pick at the end of his final college season and, and worked his way up to the second round and, and now has worked his way into MVP consideration. I, I think a lot of it has to do with where you land with the co- right coach and the right team and, Again, you know, Jalen Hurts has gotten time. He, he's gotten time to get better. He's gotten a team that was behind him. Uh, I, I think that's very important. You saw it with the Giants, even with Daniel Jones this year. When you tailor your offense to what a guy can do, instead of trying to force him into a quarterback that he may not be, your chances of success are much greater. And I think that's always something to keep in mind. And I think it's something, you know, to keep it local for the Falcons that – you can't get locked into an Arthur Smith style quarterback or, or something like that. You have to be open to taking what a quarterback can do and, and maximizing it and, and doing that for as long as you can. And I think those are the teams that you're seeing thrive. And, and I think that's the reason why the 49ers made it as far as they did with such a, you know, a ragged quarterback situation this year. If you don't land a Joe Burrow or a Patrick Mahomes at the top of a draft, you have to be open to doing things in a lot of different ways. And, and I think that's something that some of the league has been faster to catch on to than others. 
are we also seeing an era where, you know, some of these new blood, younger coaches, Zach Taylor, Nick Sirianni, you know, Brian Dayball, you know, those guys are, are also having a lot of success and have turned some of their organizations around. Are we, you know, are we getting away from, you know, even besides just the old guard of quarterbacks, maybe some of the old guard of coaches uh, around the NFL? Yeah, I, I think that's that's happening at, at a very rapid rate. And and I think, look, I, I think there's always corrections and, and back and forth, but Sean McVay changed what the NFL looks for in a head coach. And Zach Taylor is a, is a direct de- recipient of that, a direct descendant of that. Nick Sirianni is a direct, you know, uh, descendant of that. And then on the other side, you do still have Andy Reid and, and Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick and guys that have – certainly established themselves over a much longer period of time. Um, and, and I think it's interesting as you watch the, the hires that teams are making this offseason, things, you know, you have two former head coaches of, of the three jobs that have been filled right now um, getting those jobs. And, and, you know, Dan Quinn was a candidate and Jim Caldwell interviewed. I, I think that there is more of an openness to bringing someone back, you, you saw what Doug Peterson did this year for, for Jacksonville. I think there's an openness to bringing people back at the same time that you have this eternal search for the next 35-year-old coordinator who, who you think can be your coach for the ten, next 10 years. So do you think that, you know, it's interesting that you brought up Dan Quinn. Do you think that it's been a matter of Dan Quinn hasn't had offers to be, even though he's interviewed, that he hasn't had offers for a head coaching spot or he hasn't just found the right spot to be a head coach at? I, I would be hard pressed to, to think that he's gotten offers that, that he hasn't accepted. Um, I, I think you look at Denver this year. I mean, he interviewed for them the last two years and there was a lot of buzz that he might be the guy in Denver early on, but you know, he pulled out to go back to be with the Cowboys I don't know how much of that is him saying I, I don't wish to be considered and how much it's uh, an experienced, savvy coach knowing which way the wind is blowing and, and getting ahead of the story. I, I think it's probably more of the latter. And I think that there is – every year there's going to be a, a appetite for a coach like Dan Quinn. And I do think there's some matter of it that's going to be the right fit with the right ownership group and everything clicks and, and they decide that that's the way they go. But I, I also think, especially now that Sean Payton is in Denver, that staying in Dallas looks like it's probably going to be his best path to another head coaching job. Last question for you, Josh. Um, we uh, saw that Todd Munkin, uh, Georgia offensive coordinator, interviewed for the open OC spot with the Buccaneers. What does your gut tell you that he does? Does he stay at Georgia, or does he try to get back into the NFL and and work his way back into maybe a a really good head coaching job in college, or you know even if it happens in the pros or whatever? What what's your gut kind of tell you? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think if he wanted to be a college head coach, the place to be is is at Georgia. I, I think that that probably would have been. Uh, you look at. at past history that being the you know the offensive coordinator at Georgia a, a team that wins back-to-back national titles and, and the work he did with Setson Bennett would seem to be of great appeal to a, a college team looking for a head coach it, it's not quite as transferable to the NFL 
But for a team like Tampa, that's going to most likely, I mean, who knows with Tom Brady, but let, let's say they're going to have a, a new quarterback this year and someone in a chance to teach and a chance to show that he can do that at the NFL level, I think would make him an appealing candidate for the NFL at some point too, because offense always is. And that level of experience that he has is, is going to be appealing to some ownership over uh, a 34 year old, 35 year old. That's only been doing it for a couple of years on Twitter at Josh Alper, NFL writer for pro football talk.com. Josh joined us here on the wait hotline. Josh as always, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh, you know the information, and uh, we'll certainly uh, keep in touch. And uh, you know it's going to be a busy off season here, so we'll be talking you know closer to the draft and everything else. Will do. Appreciate. It. We get back from the uh, top of the hour. It will be a Falcons flyover. We have a uh, assistant head coach and our DBs coach that's been hired, plus some other news and notes as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, ninety two nine The Game, and the Odyssey dot com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.